0: Welcome back to Words with Walner. We're on episode 10 we We're here with John Walner, the premier personal injury lawyer here in Chicago. And today we're gonna to talk about current legal events that are happening in Illinois. Um, but to kind of start that topic out, I really wanna to talk to John about the type of cases that he is starting to see come in to the law firm. I mean, what, what type of cases are you seeing these days? Well, cause it's winter.
1: You're seeing a lot of uh, cars slipping and sliding on snow and ice, not taking the proper precaution to keep distance from the other cars. Um, Drivers are really, their equipment maybe, the tires aren't prepared for the snow and the ice, so they're losing traction, or drivers are not used to driving in snow and ice. Of course, you have the slip and falls, landlords, landlords not taking care of their properties, not taking care of... The dripping of drain pipes that go into public ways that cause a hazard for their tenants or people coming to visit the tenants, of slip and falls, fractured hips. And then you have like the pothole deviations in the properties that were never filled in. So now they're filling in with water, then frozen over. And then, of course, you're seeing when people go into a Target, a Walmart, the corporations not being able to keep up with the wet and the ice and the snow, and it's getting tracked in, and you're seeing a lot of slip and falls. That's what happens in the winter. Also, there's a lot of claims for pipes bursting and landlords' negligence and not keeping their maybe water dripping for apartment buildings. So you're seeing a lot of water damage and ceilings clapping and crushing the residents oh. for uh, for pipes bursting. So that's the kind of stuff we're we're seeing right now in Chicago, all weather related, beyond the you know our usual um, maybe medical malfeasance where doctors aren't paying it, attention and, and committing um, malpractice or malfeasance where our clients are deeply suffering from their negligence in their medical work care in custody
0: of our clients. So when you get a phone call, is it, uh, and it's somebody that had a slip and fall, is it uh, easier to go after a case that is somebody that is, as a, wants to file against a landlord or a personal owner of a property versus like, a corporation like a Walmart or a Target or something
1: like that? Slip and falls are the hardest cases to win. Number one, because they're unwitnessed. Mostly they're unwitnessed. And the only saving grace you have on a slip and fall is if the like a camera over a camera saw it in Home Depot, Target, or Jewel to confirm it? Of course, you have a ninety percent chance or better of winning if an ambulance actually came to the scene, saw you on the ground, and picked you up. Or if you get these ring doorbells, slip and falls—the biggest problem is you need a witness of some, and an impartial witness, not a friend or relative—and then you have to. Because the call may not come to us immediately, you've got to go and find this defect and make evidence out of it. Like like if they come to us six months later, if they're falling and slipping on ice and so, it's almost impossible to win their case. Or if a, a a plow truck plowed the Walmart parking lot, but they did so in a negligent manner, they put um, they they put like moguls. In, in the parking lot, yeah. and then the sun, and then it dripped, and then it froze over. It's hard to win these cases unless you have actual video or f- photographic proof. So they're hard, but if you have a serious injury, we'll do our best to win this case for you. Because when you fall and break your hip, especially an older person, your life is seriously over. Yeah. In terms of mobility, depression, anxiety, that you can't do the things you were when you, when you were independent. So sometimes slip and falls can be very um,
0: devastating on an older person. Okay. So uh, I know in the past we've talked about gaining access to the video. Um, now, when you're working with third party and gaining access, it seems to be a maybe an easier thing. But can you legally get video, let's just say if it happened at a Walmart, are they legally obligated to give you that video if you if you have a client that is injured in the parking lot, you
1: have to file a lawsuit for that, and then it's up to the and then you ask for all the evidence that is in their possession if they fail to turn it over, you know the judge has to intervene but if there's a court order, you request it and there's a court order, then they have to turn it over and if they refuse to turn it over and they had it, it goes against them. In a jury trial, but you know, as you're talking, I just want to tell you some new cases that Walner Law had since our yeah, last podcast. Let's, let's hear about some. It. I was just at a funeral on Friday. Oh, had a client, <clears throat> a there was a disabled car on the road, and my client, uh, four people in the car, was was driving on the road, and a drunk, and we slowed down due to a disabled tri- car, and this drunk driver hit us and killed two of my clients in the car, and and just the sad part, Friday, I was at the funeral of Miss Monroe, who left two minor children and one adult children, and just, once again, we've talked about this before, it's just devastating to feel it and shake the hands of all the relatives and to hug them and be with them. Drunk driving is still a blight on this, uh, in Chicagoland area. We had five citizens were on the corner of Wabash and Ontario in the city of Chicago, and a, a bunch of um, young kids sitting on top of the car, driving wildly, went through a red light. An Uber came through the intersection very and hit the car that was going through the red light. The cars went in and injured all five people, of which we have some of the clients who were severely injured with fractures and devastating injuries, so be careful in crowded intersections, Chicago. I don't care if you have the light or not; everyone has to be careful in a high pedestrian area like in this huge intersection, Chicago, of Ontario and Wabash. Ontario, one of the busiest streets in all of Chicago. So that was
0: sad. These uh-huh. are two cases we. Have taken on in the last three weeks tell me a little bit about uh, holding insurance companies more responsible are you guys doing anything differently in two thousand twenty three um, in regards to making sure that the big insurance companies are kept accountable well it's it's all insurance companies some behave better than others
1: some <clears throat> may may have coming down from their board of directors or their shareholders asking for no claims to be paid. Other times they are paying claims to get the claims off their books so they can write new insurance. But all insurance companies are not alike. Sometimes they behave what you would think are not in the best interest of their insureds, to be honest with you. And sometimes they're right in denying claims, obviously. But you know what the trend is right now? You have to file suit now. We have to file suit now in almost every a majority of our cases because insurance companies are refusing to settle. I believe some are in bad faith. We are writing bad faith letters. We are threatening them if they do not settle within a reasonable period of time when they know there is a number that would be reasonable for both parties to make the case go away. So that's the only thing we're trying to do to to put their feet to the fire, giving them a bad faith letter, which you are allowed huge money damages and attorney's fees if they fail to act responsibly as a corporate citizen and just out of sheer
0: greed for not paying claims. So this is really extending the process so much more, right? I mean, so if someone has an expectation that that you're going to go and and get something settled with the insurance company, and it might be six months, this could be much longer than that, right? I mean, we're looking at a year. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. That's what's going on. And what I'm seeing that I've never seen before is companies refusing
1: to pay for property damage. I don't know why. Straight out rear-ended, this refusing, and I want to tell the public this is true, we're in uh, February of 2023, there are still no hardly spare parts. There is a gigantic backup of every body shop to fix cars. And one of the reasons that we're seeing such a backlog is there's not the parts, original equipment parts, to replace on our clients' vehicles. It is sad. And then there is a lot of contracts where insurance companies won't give you a rental car for more than 30 days, and you have to fight to get more days. Mm. But contractually, your hands are tied. So I, I, I don't know if we've discussed this before, yeah. a, dr- a drunk driver out of control hits my son's car in front of our house. My son was in, it, it was parked, it was midnight. His car was in the shop for five months. This is recently. This is Waiting for it to be repaired. And thank God we have money, but we had to rent a car for five months. And it was a fight with the insurance company to keep covering them. So, God, if if I wasn't a lawyer, can you imagine how hard it is for for a a child? I mean, he's over driving age, but to fight an insurance? I mean, just... To give you a rental car because a drunk, you're insured, a drunk driver, smashing into his car, I'm telling you, what I, I think it'll be cleared up. And we're seeing a lack of employees. They don't have enough employees to fix these cars. But it's in every business. Yeah. Would you agree? Every business. Yeah. Restaurants, stores. Very the much customer so. service has been hurting us from COVID. And then the people that are being hired are not... The employees that they would have hired prior i don't know why that's true but it but in the same thing with law you don't see
0: the cases being worked as fast because there's no employees at these insurance companies Mm. so in that i also want to know about in the court are we you know there for a time period there during covid you know all the court there was courts were closed except for um you know doing more of a video um than in person but has that changed and as are the Courts really backed up like I, <laughs> like I heard they are. No, that's true. The courts are backed up. In workers' comp, they didn't even have any commissioners for like
1: two years, and there weren't any jury trials being performed in the courthouses. I cannot speak for criminal cases, but civilly, they, they were not juries for over a year. But the one benefit, I have to say, from COVID is that now they have Zoom court hearings and Zoom motions. What a benefit to everybody. If you're an attorney that's more than 25 miles away from Chicago, you would have come downtown, paid $25 to park, fight traffic to go to court for 15 minutes. What a waste. Like in the state of Washington, it's always been by video conference. This is a boon. Like we, if you have, we're in the city of Chicago, Cook County, but if you have to go to Kane County or to Joliet or far in Lake County, to be able to have a video conference with the judge, with the opposing counsel. This should have been done years ago, years ago. I'm talking 10 years ago. This is horrible what it was in the past. And I think there is a great benefit now. What's the difference if you're on Zoom or in court for a motion? And it's the same thing for depositions. It's so much easier now to do depositions by video before you have to fly to LA, be in person with the deponent. Now, through modern technology we don't have to fly all over and the clients here's a client with a fracture he has to come in for his deposition you have to take some kind of ambulance or big van for them to get into mm. to come down to Chicago what a pain and now we're doing depositions in their homes and the the court reporters are doing video depths in an alternative location so the one good thing out of COVID is are it's yeah. making more sense and the client's the lawyer's time is at better use. Going to court, twenty miles away. Even if you live in the, even if you are in the loop, you got to take the time to walk from One Thirty Five LaSalle to Twenty Five West Washington, go up the elevator to the twentieth floor, sit around with a hundred lawyers, wait for your time, walk back to court. To go to court for fifteen minutes sometimes takes two hours. So this, I am so happy the way things are being done now. Maybe people disagree
0: with me, but I think it's fantastic. Great. That's uh, that's uh, something in the right direction. I I believe so. Definitely for Illinois. I wish
1: it would go forever like this. Yeah. Don't make someone come 50 miles to come to court for 15 minutes.
0: That's great. Let's talk about distracted drivers. That's a a big one these days. And, you know, got my cell phone here, and it used to be people would – be talking on a cell phone right and people don't do that as much they're texting or they're watching videos or they're on their social media platforms so uh i assume that it's gotten worse and and you know why is that what do you what do you think we should do um and i'm sure you're seeing more cases come in because of destructive drivers well what, what are you going to do you get the, we, the police used to give
1: a ticket for talking on the phone which you, while driving, with, with, you know, the phone tier and not using a microphone or not using the system in your car that's hands-free. Um, so that was one legislative a law that they passed to tr- try to enforce, and they did give tickets for it. But sincerely, I am seeing people admit it in the police reports. I was texting. I was doing something, well, that's gratifying to know, but they shouldn't be doing it. I know a lot of the cellular services allow you to put a message, I am driving, I cannot answer your call, I cannot answer your text, I will do so when I arrive at my destination, which is amazing, and I think all carriers let you put an outgoing message to people that are texting you. It is so dangerous to look down, because when you speak hands-free, you're, you're you you do not have your phone in in your hand, but people are checking their text messages. It is so dangerous and distracting. But we are seeing modern vehicles now, besides the that, Tesla, yeah. where, that are you know able to drive itself. Whether that's going to Cause you know a gazillion, there's some questions. There is that, right? You know, I'm not, but I'm sure these vehicles are tested. But more and more cars do have safety features. Like you veer out of your lane, there's huge vibrations in the seat or the steering wheel. There's beeps now if you come near a car or deviate from your lane. So modern engineering technology that are being installed in all these cars that are being delivered to consumers are protecting us from our own. Malfeasance or our own negligence. How are you going to get rid of distracted driving? I don't know, but the cu- the but the manufacturers that are engineering
0: all these safety fixtures, s- features in the car are awesome. All right, let me give you a kind of a real life example. Though this hasn't happened to me, but I think it could have. When I've been driving on the interstate, I uh, were in, in pretty tight traffic, and I could see somebody behind me, and I can see they are distracted. And I can see that they're looking down at their cell phone, right? We've all, I think, have have seen this. Um, And let's just say I end up having to put my brakes on. They run into me. Sometimes those type of situations, no one really wants to put anybody at fault. But I'm thinking, no, that's not my fault. I know that they were distracted. How difficult is it to get the data to know whether they were on their phone that you can use legally against somebody in in a case like that, this is all up to the judge. You know, you you admit you move to
1: for the phone company to produce the records of this phone, or you move for the client to produce his phone to to check for his text message or the history of that. There's a lot of privacy concerns that the that the that the yeah. companies won't deliver, but the best hope is to have the the person admit that they were texting or to maybe turn their phone over and you know there's the judges you know for the safety welfare and well-being of in you know it's in the best interest of the of the injured party to have the defendant turn over their cell phone or their phone records so we can prove what you know you said you were seeing the driver said you were seeing him text it it's your testimony you're certain of it so I think you're in a better position to have the judge force the defendant to turn over these records or the phone carrier to turn over these records. Because if, if you were to kill the passenger in your car and you saw him distracted and this person cannot your, uh, get money to provide for their children for the rest of their lives because they were killed, think about the, the, the power between a phone company and a human being. So I, I believe that all judges will take every action or legislation, if you find it to be a problem, to take care of this problem in America. And you know, it's huge in criminal cases, you know, to prove where the the, um, the alleged criminal was at the time, who are they communicating, their co-conspirators. And we have seen, you know, the phones get locked and the courts ask um, Apple or to open their iPhone. So we're we've you've seen a lot of court cases about this, and the FBI begging Apple to unlock a phone because so they could see how the crime was committed, if it was committed in this location, who the co-conspirators were. So I think this is the, these problems are being addressed right now in state legislatures and our federal government.
0: It's time for the last word with Words with Walner. All right, give me your last word on uh, you know distracted drivers, uh, the trends in Illinois these days. What are why are people what kind of accidents people are having these days? I think that
1: in all cities and especially Chicago how about all cities, I'm sure okay. that have Ubers and Lyft or ride shares. We are seeing so many accidents with Uber and Lyft. Like I don't know if they vet these drivers, if they've taken any courses, which they haven't. Yeah. They we are seeing so many accidents with ride share companies, drivers of Lyft and Uber, and People getting injured by people delivering, for example, for Grubhub or Caviar, any of these um, services where they deliver food or goods to other people's houses, you are seeing more accidents from them. It is true. There's a lot of kids not mature, maybe not a, a great driver, that think, what a great way to make money. Between classes, I'll drive for Grubhub, and I'll and I'll make some money. Meanwhile, as they're looking for the address, they're driving all over. And think about this: there's so many uh, drivers delivering without even passing them, looking for addresses, being distracted, not being a professional driver, not having the right training, the maturity, the dexterity to be safe to others on the road. So we are seeing an insane amount of ride share accidents
0: or app-based accidents. Ride services accidents. So, what's the first thing I do when I get in an accident and I'm injured? Right, so I'm, you know i have got a serious injury. Um, besides calling an ambulance, what is the thing I want to do if I'm with in an Uber and that sort of a thing happens and I'm injured? First of all, if you're in the Uber and you called for the Uber and the Uber causes the accident you're in,
1: you are you have the app on your phone. You had to order the car. You see the route. You see the ride wasn't finished but also remember i was telling you the case where the uber hit the car in ontario and um wabash yeah well the passengers in the car they're from philadelphia and we that she the, so kindly shared her screenshot of where the uber picked her up and was supposed to deliver her we got a couple million dollars for an uber that didn't follow his route because The screen share was by the passenger in the Uber. We were on a motorcycle. The Uber driver thought a better way to go, makes a right-hand turn, doesn't see the motorcycle to his right, and we were able to prove that he was lost or not going in the directions they said by the screen share. First of all, you need a great lawyer because sometimes you have no idea this was an Uber, right? Yeah. You got hit, But but lawyers can tell by the... First of all, a lot of Uber or ride share, they lease their cars from services um, that lease them the car. And Uber pays, you know, a portion of the lease. And we can tell right away if it's a ride share service on the police report. And we can tell by, like, you may think, oh, some junk insurance. But we could tell it's a ride share. We'll see on the police report. We'll talk to the other parties when we have a feeling about it. We'll talk to our clients. And we'll see it's huge insurance. Millions of dollars on these rideshare companies. First of all, they're publicly traded, so who cares what the insurance is? They have billions of dollars yeah. to satisfy the ins- to satisfy the damages that their negligent drivers cause. All right. So if I'm injured, how do I get a hold of John Walner? You can go on the website walnerlaw.com. Call us at three one two eight million or text us at three one two eight million and we are available 24 hours a day through our super-duper answering service that are trained paralegals after hours. So we look forward to helping you and answering any questions you might have. It doesn't hurt us to answer all the questions you might have. That's what we're trained for, and we enjoy hearing your questions and educating you, the consumer, even if you don't have a case.
0: Once again, thank you for joining us uh, here at Words with Walner. we um, That's a conclusion to episode 10. In episode 11, we're going to talk about marketing and Walner Law. So we look forward to you joining us then. All right. Thanks, Steve. Take care.